Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We have broken ground on the first co-housing project in Houston, Texas. In fact, the first in all of Texas. Good morning, Kelly. Hi. Hi, Lynn from afar, who is not Texas who has successfully escaped the back-to-school hoopla around here by going to her own form of community reunion. Tell us what you are headed to, Lynn. Well, we're on the road um, to Madison, Wisconsin, where there will be this weekend the 2022 National Co-Housing Conference. So I'm really excited. Yeah. It's exciting. We're just about, yeah, we're just about three hours south of Madison now, and we've been uh, taking our sweet time visiting people along the way. So pretty awesome. So if you're listening and you run into Lynn, please introduce yourselves because it would be really nice to know that there are actual people at the other end of this podcast. That would be really fun. So I know, I know. Wouldn't that be great? I'll be wearing yeah. my name tag. I hope it's big and bright. And um, <laughs> There you go. go. Yeah. Well, speaking of like, so that's one of the like, uh, I mean, I don't know how glitzy it is, but it's like a glitzy, fun, like big thing once a year to get to do that makes marketing. It's like something to look forward to. It makes it mm-hmm. fun to talk about our project. So um, so I'm going to set that aside because you're going to have that fun this weekend. And I want to talk about something that feels like it's very the humdrum in and out of marketing or more broadly of just building relationships in community and mm-hmm. we shorthand it around here and say, uh, chop wood, carry water, which I understand comes from a, a Zen Buddhist phrase that relates to a story about how one comes to enlightenment. And that as I think we all suspect, but are unhappy to know that chopping wood and carrying water is the uh, source of all enlightenment and probably also the way of the path of uh, keeping everything going while you are in the process of becoming enlightened. And it's the source of all those good things. And that the key is to figure out how to thrive during the pursuit of, uh, of anything, you know, the yeah. way that you are, the, the building blocks, the, the pieces of wood that you need to light the fires and the water that you need to, to fill the pots. Uh, how does that work? So I love this, Kelly. There, yes. I think you're the first one that started talking about, you know, chop wood and carry water. You actually named what we've been doing. And well, I gathered it from somewhere else, though. It is. Yeah. yeah. I know, but I think it's great because as soon as you said that, you said that to me, uh, you know, several months ago. And I was like, yes, this is so me. This is like the very essence of my being. I have no idea that it came from Zoom, but I think I came out of the womb um, already anointed with this. Um, or who knows whatever kind of cultural process got me to internalize this. But I realized, yes, and I'm actually thankful yeah. that this is one of my, you know, kind of driving forces in my life because I think it really has made a difference in making this project come alive. But I also see in other parts of your life, people may not know this about Lynn, but she's like an extraordinary letter writer. And you're the kind of person who uh, remembers to check in on people. And that's Mm -hmm. also the chopping wood and carrying water of kind of just building a broader community around yourself. 
Um, and so I'm really, I'm really happy that that resonates with you because you see it, you know, you can see it, you know, when you see it in other people, mm -hmm. but you might not really like stop and think in your own life, what are you doing to chop wood or carry water to, right. to build things up around you? Yeah. The nice thing about, I think, working on this causing project is that it's forced us to just be really explicit and also to think about the systems that we need to put into place in order mm -hmm. to build those co-housing relationships with our new members, our new neighbors, the people we're going to live with, you know, those people have to go from not knowing us at all to living next door to us and waving in our pajamas from our kitchen window. And so how does that happen? You know, what, what right. do you need to do? Is it a bolt of lightning or really it's chopping wood and carrying water? Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting when you suggested what we've actually talked about this on the podcast bells went off with me because this is actually part of the talk that I'm going to be giving on Saturday Yay. at the co-housing conference where Shelly Parker and I are going to be talking about the seven critical success factors to marketing. And one of them is, um, we called it consistency, but the tagline is chop wood and whole water. And mm -hmm. so I thought, okay, maybe I could share a few things to give you like a pre-glimpse of our talk on Saturday. Yeah. Doesn't mean you shouldn't come. There's a lot more. This is only one of the seven critical success factors. So there's a, there's a few things that we're going to talk about under this point. And I thought maybe we could just kind of, you know, you and I could just chat about them here today. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that has really struck me, if I, especially as I look back over the last few years of working on this project, one of the benefits of this concept of chop wood, carry water, is that if you kind of set this forward for yourself and you have like a tech task list or a calendar or whatever, then you don't have to think about it. It takes all the thinking out of it. And for me, it takes out a lot of the emotion. So if you wake up on a day, you just don't feel like doing something, but you already have something parked and committed to the community or to the outside community, you're just going to carry forward. You're just going to do that because you have set that expectation. Yeah, I like that a lot. I especially think, you know, early on, when you're excited about, you know, like, ooh, this would be really cool to get out there, or this would be really great, blah, 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 whatever, to be able to calendarize it and put it out, like, I'm going to commit to eight uh, Facebook posts about this topic, and I'm going to put them one out each week, and to be able to plan that out, or I'm going to have, you know, this, this idea for the newsletter you know, is it really possible for us to write a, you know, thousand word essay on co-housing every month? Nope, <laughs> it's not going to be probably. So yeah. that's probably something that, you know, is, you know, you save that for something special or you use that energy in a different way. I think really um, assessing what energy you can put out uh, every single day or every single week or every single month is really important to being successful in what you yeah. Well, and, you know, another benefit of establishing this rhythm and routine is you you also then make it something that the community at large can depend on and also gives them an ability to participate in. Yeah. So, for example, we have been having, which I can't even believe this, the first Wednesday of every month since January of 2017 we have been having a public information session. Yeah. And when, when COVID came along, we switched over to Zoom as, as smooth as anything. And we can, we're still having those first Wednesday. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And um, 
Everybody knows it. Everybody can count on it. We have it written down everywhere. You can print a thousand flyers with it on it. It just never changes and it becomes dependable. And, and not only that, that it's sort of dependable, it's out there, people can rely on, but it allows you to have other people involved. So let's say, for example, you and I couldn't make a first Wednesday information session. There's enough of our members who've done it before. They know what the routine is. They can just pick it up and run with it. You yep. know, there's no magic and no, I mean, we think that we do it especially good job there's no magic to it <laughs> but i have a fear we are replaceable <laughs> well the other thing i hope we're replaceable the other thing about that i guess too lynn is to emphasize that tinkering with it all the time is really scary so maybe tinker less yeah. and really value the consistency of it because when you're walking through you know a slide deck and you have no idea what slide is coming next. That's really scary. And people are not willing to do that. Yes. But when they've seen that same slide deck, you know, four times, five times, then somebody else can just step in and do that same slide deck. So every time Lynn and I have a good idea that we're like, oh, this would be so great. We yeah. often stop ourselves and we're like, yeah. nope, let's just stick with what we're yeah. doing because it's I know. better. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing holds for the newsletter. You were talking about the newsletter. Can we write a thousand word essay every month? I think we've kind of, you know, over time, it's it's had some ups and downs and some different shapes and some different, you know, styles. But it always comes out the Wednesday before that first Wednesday of the month. Yep. Information yep. session is kind of like a, you know, internet launch reminder yeah. that this is happening. And it's that consistency that also really, really helps. And I want to say too, Lynn, about that. Like I often call that kind of like turning on the lights. Like you just mm -hmm. need people outside of your group also need to see that you are literally still alive and still working and still going because it takes a lot to penetrate people's, you know, in like, I don't know, I'm busy and I have you know, thousands of emails like rolling in and you know what I right. mean? It's just really yeah. hard to capture my attention, even for something that I want. It's hard mm -hmm. to capture my attention in that way. And I think that when I see something over time happening consistently, it makes it so that I am much more aware of it. I'm mm -hmm. much more likely to then click on it or to think like, oh, right. Last month I wanted to do this and it didn't work out. This month, I'm going to write it on my calendar and get it in. It just right. really prompts people to take mm -hmm. action when they see that. Well, it's like there's nothing worse for me than going to somebody's website under events or going to somebody's Facebook page. And, you know, you see nothing's been posted in six months or a year yeah. or something. Well, like you there's no gone, life, right? Yeah, it's no yeah. life. There's no life here. There's nothing happening. And I think that's a really good point, Kelly, just kind of keeping the lights on. In fact, think about it. A couple of times in the summer, at the beginning of the summer, we're feeling a little bit worn out. School's winding down for people. People are talking about going on vacation. And pretty much the last couple of summers, we we keep asking ourselves, should we just kind of like, how about we skip you know, that first Wednesday is going to collide that week of July 4th. Right. Nobody's going to pay attention anyway. Should we just skip it? You know, it's kind of like playing hooky, deciding yeah. like, oh, that lecture won't matter. And then we, every year we talk ourselves out of it. Like, no, we got to keep the lights on. So we call that, you know, that's a, it's a really great phrase to use. Like when you, even like through the holidays, you know, like sometimes we have collapsed 
the, the uh, November and December newsletter into a single newsletter. But I think the last couple of years, what we've done is we turned the December newsletter into kind of like a, a new year, like closing out the year, more like a happy new year, holiday season yeah. card, rather than having us go silent, you know, yeah. like radio. You know, it's kind of like the radio, right? If yeah. you turn on the radio and there's even five seconds of silence, people move to a new channel. Right. <laughs> and and we don't want people to move to a new channel. <laughs> yes, yes. I love that. So, um, and I think also not just for the outside world, but also internally, we've been pretty faithful about setting up a lot of structures about, you know, how we contact people that uh, who express an interest in coming into our group with all of our explorers and how we handle them and how we deal with new members. And we, you know, I, what I find us doing, and you see this over the long haul, is that we get really, really um, rigorous at the beginning of anything new. So when we, you know, got formal about our explorers, we set up checklists, we had like a script that we would use for the orientation. And that really then once we've used it a few times and the same group of people are using it, you kind of then start winging it. It's, it's, I guess it's like a lecturer, you know, after 20 years of lecturing, they, they've got kind of an outline and then they flow yeah. from that. But you got to start by doing that work up front and then it gets easier and you just kind of flow with it. And then you you do minor experimentation, but not this tweaking of stuff that causes a lot of churn for everybody else. You know? Well, and I think there are two kinds of tweaking. And especially when we start to think about how you handle incoming contacts, one kind of tweaking is like tinkering, right? It's like, oh, I'm just going to change this, you know, tag to something different. That's hard. <laughs> like it's hard because then everybody else has to learn the thing that you tinkered with. And then there's whole cloth, like where you just change everything. We're going to handle this totally differently. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard because now you've got everybody is going to have to come on board with the whole thing. And so I think really thinking through your process of, if somebody contacts you, if then, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Thinking through that and then sticking to it with some fidelity as you go on is really important. Um, we faced a decision early on about our uh, CRM database and we used one and it's not perfect and it has many, many flaws. And it was suggested that we switch to a different one that has some fewer flaws but I mean, honestly, they all bring their own problems, right? So right, we yeah. decided to stick with the uh, the one that we knew and the one that all of our contacts already conformed to. Right. So, and we had know, all the history and yeah, yeah. We had everything in it. There was no giant changeover. If we had had, you know, like a hundred names in that, fine, we could have made that changeover. But by mm -hmm. that point we were, you know, well over a thousand and it was just, it would have been a big, big job to do that. Right. And if we took on that big job, we could not have chopped wood and carried water. Right, we right, right. We would have those things. We would have been depleted. Learn to to love the one you're with. Yeah, yeah. don't go looking for a new one. <laughs> exactly. No wandering eyes in my case. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you know, I think there's a ton of you know little kind of checklist items that we could go through, but you know. You can send us an email if you want all those details, because it would just bore a lot of the people, you know, like do yeah. this three times a week, do that once a month, do this, but just set up whatever schedule, like Kelly's saying, whatever schedule works for you and you have the capacity to manage, but put them on the calendar and, you know, 
it's like learning to ride a bike. First, you need the training wheels. So the calendar and the checklists and the cookbooks and the scripts. And then over time, you'll kind of take off your training wheels and you'll be on autopilot. And even if you have a bad week, huge disappointment, somebody leaves your group, your architect, you know, runs off with the plans. I don't know what might happen. Um, you still will be able to carry on. Yeah, you've got it there. I want to say something too more broadly, Lynn. So just like mm-hmm. I've noticed this in people's lives that they do these kinds of things to develop strong relationships. It also, this kind of thinking for, um, for chopping wood and carrying water is important when you want to operate in a consensus environment. Because there's a lot of like tinkering or whole cloth, you know, reimagining that people like to do. But really, honestly, if you just find value in the process and find uh, find importance in following how you're going to get to consensus, that that is something that builds very strong relationships. It has produces very durable results. And it's something that then you can really relax and trust into that the decisions that you make are going to be made in a way that is um, that is true to the values of your community. So I just love wanted that. to add that in. Yeah, I love that. I love it kind of, kind of kind of comes back around to what we keep stumbling over coming up against or into is um, efficiency. It's not about efficiency. It's about relationships. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Kelly. Appreciate this topic. And thanks to our listeners today for stopping by. So glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media. So check us out. Bye. Bye.